Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. You ready for another one? You ready for a conversation that's going to get you going as you prepare to enjoy the escape of the hobby this weekend? Well, I have one for you. I have a repeat guest, a good pal in the hobby, my man, Kevin Randall. You might know him as Captain 37 We are going to be exploring this concept of putting together a showcase online. He has put these together on Instagram with Tom Brady collectors, Peyton Manning collectors. I've been fortunate to be a part of it. It is such an awesome experience and great collector content and a good way to ignite your passion. So I want to chat with him a little bit about that. He just made a big change in his life going to be dedicating some further time to the hobby, and that is what I like to hear. And we're going to talk a little bit about the National. He is someone who's always setting up, so what to expect. You like what I'm doing over here? Do all the things. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. We've got a conversation here with a returning guest. I'm excited to be joined by good friend, Kevin Randall, the captain 37. We're going to be talking about showcasing and showcases that uh, he's been putting together and how I think uh, more people in the hobby should do it outside of Kevin just running them. And I've been seeing a couple pop up, which I think is good. Talk a little bit about the national and get into some Peyton Manning content because that's what we really like to talk about. Um, But Kevin, welcome. How's it going, man? going good man always a pleasure to be back on and uh just before we get started i, I coached uh six basketball games in the last 48 hours so my voice is uh hurting so if you hear some random squeaks or you know my mouth's moving and my voice isn't i'm just throwing it out there right now so we'll go easy on you um right. maybe to get things to get things going i think you have some like maybe some interesting personal news that kind of bleeds into the hobby and maybe you investing a little more time in the hobby so I know you've shared it across your channels, but anyone listening, I think it'd be cool to kind of hear uh, what you're going to be up to for the next year. Yeah. So pretty um, big life decision made um, at the end of the school year. So um, I'm taking a year leave of absence from teaching next school year, and I'm going to try out uh, sports cards full time. And, you know, assuming that all goes well, I plan on moving into this full time for the foreseeable future. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with people, obviously my wife, my family, some close friends, um, and it was a difficult choice. I mean, I've, I've been a high school teacher for 13 years. I've been, I'm heavily invested in, the, in the, the community that I work in. I'm obviously the head basketball coach of the high school. I coach football there for seven years, but kind of got to a point where, you know, every morning waking up and driving into work, just, I was miserable, you know, and it, it's just, it became, started affected me, started affected my home life with the family and things like that. I'm just like, I, I can't do this anymore. So I got a lot of respect for teachers. I still have a lot of teaching friends. I got friends of the hobby who are teachers. You know, I'm just, I'm 13 years in. I can't picture myself doing this right now for another 30 years. And, you know, a, a big push in that direction is that the Rhode Island um, pension system is so bad for teachers and state employees that it kind of made the decision um, a little easier in terms of what I'm leaving on the table. So, you know, took a lot of, a lot of thought, 
a lot of captain and diets, you know, to, to, to kind of make this decision, but we'll see how it goes. But I, you know, fortunately the school district is very great in the sense that they give you, you can take a year off and they hold your spot. So if something doesn't work out over the next year, I can always return. But my goal is to make this work out the next year. This, you know, I'm just so passionate about the hobby. I've been collecting since I was five years old. So many memories with friends and family in the hobby and, and so many new memories created, you know, with the, especially over the past five years, traveling motor shows and, you know, the national, which we'll talk about later and things like that. But it just got to the point where, you know, I was doing well in, in the hobby and, and, you know, as much as I'm a collector, I'm, you know, make, was making good money on the side. I'm like, you know what? I mean, I think if I market this a little bit and kind of brand myself, I think I can do something with it. So kind of betting myself, you know, I, I, I've told people I'll either look back in 10 years and say, this was the best decision in my life or the worst decision. So, but I'm a gambling man. So here we are. <laughs> so you're like, uh, from my seat viewing you, you're a guy that uh, juggles a lot, obviously family life. You had the teaching job, but then, you know, from a hobby perspective, you're very active. You're very active on, on online. And I know you set up at a ton of shows. So I guess take time away, put teaching and maybe coaching on the shelf for a year. How are you thinking about what more can you possibly do now that you have that time back hobby related, or how are you thinking about that? Yeah. So first off, I'm still coaching. So I'm, 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 not, there we I'm, go. Not taking, I'm, I'm still coaching. So I'm, I'm not taking the year from coaching, but um, yeah, you know, like very simple stuff, like just, you know, especially during basketball season when I'm teaching all day and then going to basketball practice, going to games, like, you know, until 10 o'clock, like I can't come on live. I can't do happy hours on Fridays. I can't do this top 10 showcase stuff, which I think is great for the hobby, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I can't respond to DMs the way I want to, you know? So I just think being able to devote, you know, most of my time now to this rather than, lesson planning and correcting. I, I think that, you know, the sky can be the limit. Um, I definitely plan on doing more lives, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, I want happy hour to be consistent thing a couple of times a month on Fridays, showing off some pickups and then talking the hobby and, and things that pop up. Um, I obviously love doing the top 10 showcases. I mean, we've now done five um, over the past two months and, you know, that's that type of stuff just isn't feasible when I'm, when I'm teaching, you know, and that's my full-time job. So I think that'll open up a lot of doors and, and more networking opportunities. Um, you know, I've had people ask questions like, so what's your game plan? You're going to open up a shop. What, what's going to happen from here? My game plan is, you know, basically to do what I'm doing right now and just kind of upscale it. You know, I plan on traveling to some more shows. Like I plan on going to the Dallas show. Finally, plan on going to Vegas for the first time in my life. Um, we'll see if I come back. My wife's a little nervous about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, just be able to do what I'm doing now <clears throat> on a larger scale. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, probably a, a big setup you're going to have is the national and we're going to get into that next, but I, but I'd be remiss. We talk football on here whenever you're on. Um, and I think uh, just from uh, the, the off season, I've been like a complete nerd degenerate, any like moment I have when I'm not with the family or at work, like I'm, I've got some football podcast on and I'm listening to them um, blow air in, in June at this point, and I'm loving it, but you know, we had a big, big, uh, off season, right. Huge moves. Um, Roger staying Will Wilson going the Watson shit show. Um, my quarter, my team got a new quarterback again. Um, there's just been a lot of movement and transition that have has happened, uh, just in, in football and free agency. And it just seems like there's, if it's even possible, there's more momentum with the NFL mm -hmm. than there's ever been before. Um, what, what's your read on just like the off season going into this season and maybe just like how I know that the hobby's a little down right now, but how do you think that translates back into kind of sports cards? You know, it's funny you say that I, I, you know, 
I think the market's down. I'm not sure the hobby's down, if that makes mm. any sense. Um, yeah. Because, you know, people, <clears throat> there's still a ton of foot traffic at shows. Um, it was actually a show in, in, in Springfield, Mass. This weekend, I wasn't able to set up because I was coaching the basketball tournament. So I was talking to a couple of buddies who were there, and they said the foot traffic's unbelievable. It's just there's not as many, you know, cash deals happening, right? I mean, look at the state of the affairs in the world right now, and you understand why, right? Um, but, man, every time I have a conversation about cards with anybody, it's, it, it always gets back to the national. So while the market is slower, and, and, and rightfully so, based on what's going on with the economy and things like that right now, I think the hobby is still alive and well. So, you know, I actually, these, these big names moving, I think is great for the hobby, right? Because <clears throat> it can kind of help rejuvenate a market for a player. Like, for example, Matt Ryan cards were dead, <laughs> like completely dead. I mean, after they, they've been dead since 28 to three, right? That's, that's just facts, yeah. right? So him moving, I mean, is, is kind of, you know, put a little spark in his market. I mean, yourself, you, you would never have thought about buying a Matt Ryan card until he moved, right? You right. were saying with Carson Wentz last year. Like, yeah. He lost, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not talk about I, that. I, I, you know, I'll put salt in the wound. But, um, <laughs> you know, Deshaun Watson, well, I'm not going to talk a lot about Deshaun Watson because there's a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. Like, you know, I need these big names moving. Russell Wilson, like his, his stuff was dead for a while. What was going on in Seattle that, you know, there seemed to be nothing going on there. So, you know, when, when a big name moves into a good situation, kind of help rejuvenate that market, which is always good to see. So. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And so I, I agree with you. Uh, I was at the Midwest monster show and literally like the, the parking at noon on a Friday, the parking lot was full and they were shuttling people there. So yes, the <clears throat> hobby isn't dead. Plenty of people are, are at shows and you met, you mentioned the national. I know the national is always a big deal for you and many other people in the hobby. Uh, maybe talk about uh, like what your setup's going to look like. I figured there's probably some Manning, some Brady's, in your showcase, maybe talk about a little bit about what you're planning to do there. Yeah. You'll know um, who showcases you're looking at as soon as you get up to them, right? Because, you know, I'm going to show off my whole inventory before the show, but back to the Midwest monster, you want to talk about the most serious case of FOMO I've had in my life. I mean, I, I was so upset. I couldn't get to that show, you know, good friends with Andy, you know, Indy card exchange over there that those guys are great. And I, I really wanted to get out to that show. It just, it was the end of school when it was exams and I couldn't get there, but um, heard the show was awesome. So it, it was great, you know, kind of a nice spark and some momentum building toward the national. Yeah, I'll be set up there again this year um, with a similar crew. So, um, you know, Mike, my buddy, MC Sports Cards, I'm setting up with him. Um, Costa Cards will be in the booth. Uh, Matt Sports Cards, um, Trenton Moody, who work with Mike, um, Granite State Cards and Shiny Prospects. feel like I'm possibly missing somebody, but we're at booth um, 460 and 361. And um, I'm fortunate that, you know, Mike only had one booth last year, so I had two showcases. But since he has two booths this year, I'll have more space, which is great um, because, you know, just in terms of room last year, I mean, last year was insane. And I, I, I'm not unrealistic the, the way things are going right now. I don't think the Nationals is going to be what it was in terms of sales and volume that it was last year. But I think the foot travel is going to be the same. I know Atlantic City is a tough spot for some people, especially the West Coast guys. I mean, I think Chicago is the best spot for it. I think you get something in the middle. It's fair to everybody. Plus, I love traveling to Chicago. Selfishly, I'm, I'm, I'm much more looking forward to Atlantic City because I can drive there. It's five to six hours. And I know that a lot of people in my area are very excited to go on to their first national because just you, know, you talk about travel overhead, that, that matters to people, especially now with the way things are. Um, so I think it'll be a, a heavy East Coast showing, obviously, um, based on the location. But I'm super excited. Um, you know, I'm going to have plenty of Tom Brady, obviously. Literally, I'll, I'll have every aspect of his market covered. Um, plenty of Peyton stuff. Um, Mahomes, you know, all the quarterback stuff I, I plan on having. And, you know, that's an area I want to expand on, right? I mean, you know, when I was doing this as a hobby, it was basically, 
you know, Peyton and Brady with Mahomes mixed in right now. I'm going to have the opportunity to expand a little bit, you know, to different quarterbacks possibly that I like and different sports. Like I plan on dabbling in the basketball market more. You will kind of see where that goes. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, my inventory is at an all time high. I I've been on an absolute spending spree over the past three to five months to stock up for the show. So I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I plan on doing multiple lives before the show, showing off my entire inventory with all things priced. You know, I thought last year was awesome in the sense that, you know, I lined up a lot of deals before the show. And, you know, I encourage any dealer setting up to do that, show off what you're bringing, right? Because time is of the essence at the national, you know, you don't realize you can kill an hour real quick trying to negotiate a deal in a booth, right? So I like to show off everything I'm bringing with prices. I don't have any secrets. I, I'm showing what I'm pricing stuff at. So if you want to work some out with me ahead of time, you can DM me. We can hash out the details and we can just exchange the cash and cards, you know, right there. And you can save yourself, you know, 45, 50 minutes trying to negotiate a deal. So um, super excited for that. I plan on doing my, you know, the national that I did, the uh, national, the live that I did last year, the do's and don'ts for dealers and the do's and don'ts for walkers at the show. I, I thought, you know, that ended up being a, a much more of a success than I ever thought it would be. Um, I, got, I got a lot of positive feedback on that. And there's already people reaching out to me right now asking, when's that happening? Let me do that again. So um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I literally, I'm going to take this week off, kind of just, you know, decompress from the school year. And then, you know, after 4th of July, it, it's full go with, with prepping for this and, and lives and, and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm pumped up. Yeah. And as a buyer, I, I definitely made some deals with Kevin before the show last year. And I just think as a buyer, it, um, I don't know, it's better than walking around aimlessly, just knowing going into the show that you've got some cards coming your way and you have some cash allocated to the side. I have to ask you because I'm super curious. You're, you're, you've, you're, you mentioned opening up the, the Captain 37 uh, vault and potentially adding some other quarterbacks to the mix. Uh, maybe talk through, I know you, you take who you buy very seriously and you're very thorough and you kind of got some probably qualifiers in place. I'm, I'm assuming they'd be quarterbacks, but who would those players be that you're potentially looking at on buying some pieces and why? Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's for me right now too, people want to like get a high end Brady card off me in terms of like trading. Like I always tell them it's, it's gotta be Brady or cash, right? Cause I don't like to trade the goat for, you know, these young gun prospects. Right. But you know, with me moving into this full time, that might change a little bit. I'm not going to take on, you know, seven Justin Herbert cards to, to trade for Brady. It's just not, you know, something I'm going to do. Right. But, you know, speaking of him, you know, I, first of all, I love Herbert. I love his game. He's passed the eye test, but I just, I, I can't believe the the prices of his cards. He's like, his cards have surpassed Mahomes in areas and it just blows my mind. Right. It, it just goes to show you it's, it's what have you done for me lately in this hobby? I guess Mahomes winning a Super Bowl and making four straight AFC championships just isn't good enough. Right. So Justin Herbert, who hasn't made the playoffs yet, I, I just, it, it blows my mind, right? So, you know, it, there's a ton of risk with Herbert. There's a ton of risk with the young quarterbacks. I mean, somebody I got my eye on is Burrow. I've always liked Burrow, loved him at LSU. He just had the moxie. You know, he, he kind of has the alpha male gene, has the swag. Um, and obviously he, you know, beating Mahomes last year and, 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 you know, coming a couple plays short of winning the Super Bowl his first time there. I mean, I thought that, I think that's pretty impressive. So it just, it amazes me. Sometimes even I've been around the hobby for a long time, obviously, right? I mean, I'm 36, collectors, that was five, right? So I've got, you know, 30 years of experience, maybe 20 in terms of, you know, actual experience with being a, a young adult. And, and now, but just, it, it amazes me the prices of these young quarterbacks and the risk there, you know, and then when these guys actually succeed and win, like you look at Steph Curry, right? He just won his fourth NBA championship and that you, you see stuff being posted about how some of this stuff's dropping. 
And part of that is supply and demand. More of its cards are for sale now because people are trying to cash in, which I understand that. But it, it, there's so much risk with the young quarterbacks. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can go full tilt. Just start mm-hmm. up on, you know, Burrow, Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts, all these guys, right? But I think I'll pick my spots. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a blue chip investor. I like to see, you know, a young kid prove something first before I actually put my money in him. So I think Burrow did that. You know, I didn't get into Mahomes. You know, in 2017 when his stuff was dirt cheap, I waited till he, you know. Made AFC Championship, made a Super Bowl, right? Then, then I get into it, right? Because I want, I wanted you to show that you, you got something that, that's there, you know. So that's kind of how I take it. And, and Russell Wilson definitely intrigues me as well. I'm very curious to see. I wouldn't be objected to picking up some Russell Wilson stuff. I think the change of scenery for him is very good. I think that there's Seattle needed to shake up, you know, and they got a haul for him to their credit, you know. But, but you, you know, you're trading a marquee quarterback. But I think he needed to change the scenery. His weapons definitely intrigue me in Denver. You know, solid backfield with, you know. Javante Williams and uh, and uh, Melvin Gordon. And then you got, you know, Corlin Sutton on the outside, Jerry Judy in the slot, Tim Patrick, underrated receiver. You know, they got a great defense. It's just that division. Now, th- just look at this, right? We just talked about Holmes, um, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert in the same division. And we put Derek Carr, my boy, in there. That division is a bloodbath, right? So that's why, you know, it just amazes me that the money being poured into Herbert because you don't know what's going to happen, right? I mean, the Chargers literally be the fourth best team in that division. And then what's going to happen to his cards, right? He hasn't made the playoffs yet in the division gut. That division might be the strongest division I've ever seen on paper. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Wilson is definitely somebody I have my eye on along with Burrow. Yeah, and I think, too, just in terms, it seems like a guy, although he's rejuvenated at this point with the change of scenery in Russell Wilson, it seems like he might be viewed as from the hobby perspective as a little bit stale. But like if you're buying these guys and you're playing the long game, like, if you buy a Russell Wilson card, like he's got the credentials to back it up, right? He's got a Super Bowl. Um, he's had these moments. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. So I think like that's like from a, a, a like it seems weird to think about it as prospecting. But if you buy a if you were to buy a Russell Wilson card before you know the the Broncos deal, and your your mentality was like, okay, I'm gonna I like him. I'm gonna I want a piece because I don't care where he goes. I just enjoy watching him play. You're probably going to do fine with that because he's he's got the credentials to back it up. But I feel like so so in in you know Matt Ryan's not quite there, but he's top ten passing touchdowns and uh, yards and um, you know Super Bowl would certainly help him borderline Hall of Famer. But you, you know you buy these guys that seem a little stale. Like chances are if you if your plan is to hold them five to ten years from now, you're probably going to do all right as opposed to like dumping a bunch of money in an unproven guy. You know. Yeah, it's all about it's it's you got to look at uh, are you are you is it a short term player or long term player, right? That, that's what I tell people, you know, buying Brady, right? Because I mean, his, his stuff's expensive, obviously. Are you going to buy a thousand dollar Brady and flip it for fifteen hundred bucks in two months? No, you're not. You know what I mean? But you, you like to think that's the blue chip stock, that's the stuff that's going to consistently rise five, 10, 15 years down the line. You know, I, I seem like every time I come on here, I, I always bring it back to Michael Jordan, right? And his cards and his card trajectory, right? I mean, Tom Brady is Michael Jordan in football. So, you know, it's, it's, is, are you a short-term player or a long-term player? That's what you got to decide. You know, and we all, we, we all can't be long-term players, right? I mean, we all just can't keep pouring money and pouring money and pouring money into it, you know, you know, especially the way things are now, financials for people in the economy, right? But um, you got to make your decisions, right? So I, I just tell people you should be both, right? Like if you need to use cards and profit and cards to buy the cards you really want, I understand that, right? But for every thousand dollars you spend, right, I feel like, 30% of it should be in a long-term play. You know what I mean? So, you know, people who are stocking up on these younger quarterbacks, right. You know, for every thousand dollars you spend, I was just having a conversation with a friend 
who just got back in the hobby. And he's, he's just loading up on Mac Jones, which, you know, and, Ma- and Mac's a guy I wouldn't mind picking up either. Cause you know, I, I, he, he's playing for arguably the greatest coach of all time. I'm not, I don't hate his situation. Right. And he's done a lot of work with his body that there's, you know, that, that dad bought cigar spoken picture after the Alabama championship. It looks like that's gone. He's starting to take things more seriously, um, which is, which is great to see from a young player. But I, I told my buddy, I said, listen, man, for every thousand bucks you want to spend on Mac Jones, spend like 250 or 300 on Brady and just put it away. Or, or just yeah. somebody more established that, you, that you're not, you're not going to spend you a thousand bucks. And, you know, he doesn't do shit in the next three years. Now your thousand bucks is 200 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I just like to encourage smart, smart investing, you know, if, if that makes sense. And I, I really, it always goes back to Brady. And I, you know, I, I, people are probably listening to this like, man, of course he's going to tell people to buy Brady. He has all Brady, right? But, you know, I just think it's smart. You know, whether it's Brady or somebody else who just has an established market, you know, as a long-term play versus always buying the younger quarterbacks. But I completely understand the flip side where the younger quarterbacks have a higher ceiling, you know, in terms of, you know, their stuff can skyrocket more. And I get that for a short-term gain, but you just got to be smart. You got to decide what player you are, short-term versus long-term. We're going to add a little more fuel to that fire before we move over to showcase. Cause there's a card I want to talk about and it's a card. I know that you have um, some stake in, but I think it's an interesting card to talk about because uh, we've seen a lot of cards at the top level go down. We even saw like a Mahomes seen a, a Luca, you know, in TRPA things just getting cut in half. But I think with Brady, you're, you're not necessarily seeing that. And one of the cards, I think, you know, a couple uh, premiere ago was the flawless Brady, which continues to elevate in price, which I think helps it validates some of what you're saying, where that card like didn't come up for sale for so long because two years and you're going to know this more than me. But my assumption is, is like there's a shit ton of Brady collectors. People love him and they know the significance and importance of that card. So when that card does go up, then the seller is pretty damn sure that they're going to make enough profit to probably change their situation. So I don't know, like talk a little bit about that because I think uh, watching his cards in comparison to some of these other cards that shot up um, really quick, he's been pretty stable. He's been stable to a certain extent. I mean, he hasn't been immune to the market falling different segments of his market. I've seen like the shiny stuff's definitely, there's been a correction there for the most part. The more early rare shiny stuff has stayed pretty consistent. Um, whereas the newer modern, especially Prism stuff has has definitely gone down. I also think part of that that <clears throat> isn't really talked about a lot is the fact that PSA is getting caught up with orders now. So there's so much stuff that was sitting there that's coming back from grading and now people are looking to sell it to get funds, right? And the market's getting flooded with your base, your Prism stuff and, and things like that. So I think that's playing a role in that as well. That 2014 flawless man, I can't tell you. I had three of them this time last year. Um, I had a 9.5, a three color um, patch auto. I had a BGS 9, four color patch auto, which now Warren LF Coley has. We did a monster trade, biggest trade of my life. You know, share the details, share the details. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to share all the details, but yeah. so I sold one of my 9.5s um, last summer to basically fund what you see in the backdrop, the man cave, and any, everything we wanted to do to the house. When we bought our dream house was done based off that sale. And of course the cards were double now. Right. But I mean, I don't, I, I made a good profit on it. It was great money for me at the time. It helped my family, you know, and it, it was great to be able to use a card to do that. Right. And have to dig in the, the bank account any more than we already had to do for the down payment and things like that. So I got no regrets there because we, I get a lot of use out of this man cave. <laughs> imagine, right. So the BGS nine, 10 um, flawless, once the first premier auction went off and the nine five ten sold for I think it was like one oh five or one oh six, 
Um, it's, 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 that's a shit ton of money, man. I mean, <laughs> especially when I look at my cost basis, what I'm in the card for. So I said, you know what? Maybe I'll bring one to the national, just even if it's just a showcase piece, just as a talking point. You like that? I mean, listen, you know, I, first off, I can't stand the people who put stuff in their showcase and it has, it says not for sale on it. I think that is the dumbest shit that you could possibly do with the national. If something's in your showcase, it should be for sale. Okay. So with that being said, I mean, I like to bring some pieces that I'm not necessarily in a rush to move, but they're available. Like anything I have out, it's available. So I was going to bring that and put it out. Long story short, we had a little um, gathering in the man cave and I uh, had a little trade night, like five or six of us. And we planned on just do a little trade night, play some cards, have some drinks, whatever, just hang out. And, and that's that. So uh, it was the first time I put that card in my trade box. And man, the, the vultures came out. You know, it was like, because people knew like, all right, once he puts this on IG that's available, it's good. It's gone. The masses, it's, it's going to be insane, right? So, so you know, Lauren made me an offer um, that was fair. I, you know, I, I was very open and honest with her in terms of what I wanted for value. In terms of, hey, if we're going to do a straight trade, I want more value versus if we're going to do something cash cards. Um, you know, she was very receptive to that. So we went back and forth a little bit. And then around 1 a.m., the deal was closed. And uh, yeah, it, it was the biggest trade of my life. I, I think it was probably one of the biggest trades of hers. I know she did a pretty big deal with our buddy Paul. 401 cards um, a couple months back before that for a Brady refractor. But um, I think we both walked away happy. I, you know, I, I wanted a shield. You know, we, we, I, I wanted, you know, I, I wanted a Brady shield. You know, I, I've told the story when I got my, my, my number one card in my paid collection, my favorite, which I'll, you know, I, I talked about in the showcase, is my top triple thread shield with the tool, dual patch pieces in it as well. And freaking Brady went off the same night. I just didn't have the money at the time, broke college kid. And it always haunted me because I always wanted a Brady shield. So I knew to get that jumbo equipment shield, which you don't see a lot of those, that I was going to have to part with the flawless. I, I knew that she wasn't going to trade that. So I said to myself, I have one in the holster. I still have my 9510 four color on card. If I want a shield, I want to put it in my collection. I'm going to have to put this card up. Right. So, and, and there was other pieces of the deal, obviously, but you know, end of the day, I got a card I've wanted from her for a long time. She got a card she wanted from me and, and it worked out for everybody. Um, but back to the, the the start of the conversation, the premier sale. So the first one went off for what 105, 106, right? This yeah. next one did 144 grand. I'm sitting here now. I only have one left, but 144 grand is 144 grand, right? That's life changing, right? That's like you know two years of teaching salary in a sense, right? So now I'm faced with a decision like, all right, do I do I put it out? Do I why? I, mean, I I think the card long term could be double that, if not triple that. So it, it's kind of a, it's a very difficult situation when you have a card that you essentially paid nothing for, right? Compared to what it's selling for now, like the, what decision do you make, right? A lot easier for me to make the decisions I did when I had three of them, but now it's only one, right? So it's, it's my best Brady card. It's my favorite Brady card I own. Um, but, you know, six figures is six figures, right? So I, I don't know. Um, I, I know if I bring that to the national, it's gone. I, I know mm -hmm. I'm going with it. So I, I, it's going to take some soul searching to uh, kind of figure out what I want to do there. But man, his, you know, th that card had not, that had been a public sale of that card in two years. And I knew that it was, it was just going to be insane once, once that hit premiere. And the fact that the second one that sold was, you know, essentially 40 grand higher shows you how desirable the card really is. Now, the, the second copy was much better. It was four color, perfect auto. The first one that sold was street color. Auto had a couple little issues when it was still a 10 auto, but it wasn't a perfect auto. I'm a super auto snob when it comes to the cards that I have in my collection. Um, so the sale was monstrous. Now, now you wonder, you know, where's this going to go from here, right? Because sometimes when you start to see these super high sales and these real cards, these rare cards more come out. And that happened with his champ ticket, right? So you look at Tom Brady's champ ticket, 
the first sale compared to where they are now. I think I read something that's been 25 champ ticket sales this, a couple of years ago since the first one came out, which is insane. If you think about you know the money that's being put, but th- that card's dropped. It, it, it's tremendously, right? A, a recent example, you look at his 2002 tops on um, the Super Bowl auto, piece of the Super Bowl game used ball and the on-card auto, it's hand numbered to 150. A couple of those sold and the first sales were huge. And now more and more and more and more have come out and they've come down, which it makes sense, right? There's only so many players who can spend six figures on a card. Right. So I'm, I'm curious to say, I call it the champ ticket effect, right? Like it's kind of happened with this woman chrome refractor too, right? That the, you know, the first sales on those, the, the bigger ones, the higher grades, BGS 95, PSA 9 were huge. And they started coming out of the woodwork. People see these big numbers, their cost basis is low. They want to cash in. So they don't really, I mean, listen, you spent, you know, I got a buddy who, who sold a, a PSA 9, he spent like five grand on it. Right. And he sold it for like, I don't know, 150 or something insane. Right. Just blows my mind. So like, you know, okay. They were doing 190 to 200. You think he really gave a shit? Like, of course, he, he wishes he could have got 50 grand more, but it's like, I spent 5K. I just cast it for 150. Okay, life, life changed permanently. You know what I mean? So I think it's a situation where people's cost basis, some of the stuff is so low, they want to cash in these big numbers. And that, once again, supply and demand. Market gets flooded with these cards that are doing huge numbers. So naturally, they're going to drop. So we'll see what happens with the flawless. I, don't, I can't see, like, I, don't, I don't see one of those popping up in every premier auction. Like we see a refractor or the O2 tops or the or you know um, the champ ticket to some extent, right? But we'll see what happens. But it was a it was a fun sale. It was fun to watch it. It was fun to talk about it in the many Brady chats I'm in. Um, it was it, it was cool to see. So just a couple of comments on on that. So I love Lauren's operating. I and mean, when she was on the show, she talked about her other this prior to this, but she talked about keeping a close circle of people who collected collect similar stuff. And how she wants to work with those people, and here, here we go. She gave the example of the 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 refer- Brady uh, Bowman Chrome Refractor rookie, and that now there's a trade done. I don't know. There, I think there's something to be said about that, and I think just the importance of like making deals with your friend and friends, and how much easier and you cuts through all the bullshit. So I I just wanted to comment on that just for the listeners. Like you can make de- like build your relationships. You can make deals with your friends because big exchanges like the. 2014 uh, flawless Brady can happen. And I guess like just back to you on the, I think this is something that I'm beginning to like learn a lot about just paying a lot for the first appearance of a card in a while is, is the best way in your opinion to kind of uh, prevent yourself from buying way too high. Is it just like kind of pairing like significance and then like um, maybe like the scarcity. So like the, the serial number component, like, that's something I would imagine you're probably looking at when you're making significant deals is like, I want to make sure it's an important card, but then I also want to make sure there's not like 300 to 500 of these in the market. So when my sale goes through, then it can fall out the bottom. So maybe just yeah, like exactly. share, share some perspective. Again, right, anybody getting into that card right now, it, it's a long-term play, right? So you're not, you're not going to, like whoever, whoever, you know, whoever purchased that for 144 grand, they're not selling it for 200K in a month, right? It, it's a long-term play. Um, but it's arguably his best on-card autograph. So, you know, I look at historical significance. I look at scarcity. Um, I look at supply and demand. I mean, you know, that's that card is just. And twenty fourteen flawless is just unbelievable. I mean, the, the product is just it's just so nice. I'll be curious to see the impact that that sale has on some of the other vet stuff now. You know, in terms of the, the cards in the same set, just different better guys like Peyton, for example, or you know, Russell Wilson has a really nice card in that set as well. So, it'll be curious to see what the trickle down effect is. I don't think it always is what people think it'll be. Because Brady's just in a league of his own, right? So I don't, I don't think, 
you know, anybody who's sitting on some better names from that said, I don't, I don't think your stuff just doubled. Right. But I just think it's, it's, it's become more in demand, if that makes sense. So what, what we'll, what we'll see, I, I have no idea what's, how, what the impact is going to be to other players. Right. But um, it's, it's tough to, there's not always a trickle down effect. Now, when we talk about Mahomes, we talked about him last year, right. There is a trickle down effect, right. Because as his stuff goes strong, the other young quarterbacks go strong. Right. So you know, when Mahomes is at his peak, all that young quarterback stuff was, was super high at its, at its peak as well, because he's more current and, and you can, more comparable to them. Right. But Brady, is just in a league of his own. So it's tough to kind of use his sales to say, Hey, now my, you know, now this card should be worth more because Brady sold for this. You know what I mean? So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. And back to what you said about the doing bigger deals with friends. I mean, it's trust, right? Like you, you, mm. you never want to leave a deal feeling like you got screwed over. Right. And I, I think being open and honest with people is, you know, what you have to be like, you know, I, you see it so much. <clears throat> and there was an incident at the Fenway show where a guy who didn't, necessarily deal in Brady got a Brady card and he brought it over to me, asking what I thought the value was. And the value that I thought was like at least half less, maybe even three times less than what he got it for. And, you know, he felt dirty. He felt like it, there was a fast one and, and somebody did pull a fast one. And I felt terrible for the guy. I really did. You know, it's just, it's, it, that's how you never deal with people again. Right. So whoever, whoever did that deal with him now will never have him back at their booth, at their table. Right. So I'm, I'm very, you know, open and honest with people when we do deals, you know, especially with friends, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to screw over my friends, right? We're all, you know, I also like, you know, if I'm going to move some of my better cards, I like them going to my friends, right? Kind mm-hmm. of circle, so to speak. Um, but, you know, being open and honest with people is, 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 it goes a long way. And, you know, especially in terms of building your reputation, you know, I'm, I'm old school, right? You, your word is your bond, right? So if you tell somebody this card's worth five grand and really it's worth two, I mean, uh, you know, to be blunt, you're a douchebag, right? I mean, it's, you know, you may, you may feel real good. Oh, I, man, I just got this for this car. It's only worth 2K. I feel great about myself, but, you know, word spreads quick. You know, word of mouth and the hobby is one of the biggest things we have. So being open and honest with people is, and, and the trust factor is huge and doing these bigger deals for sure. All right, let's move over to uh, showcases. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think I probably saw like whenever you did the first Peyton, I think I probably saw it in someone's story or whatever. And I was like, this is cool. I want to be a part of it. And I participated and it was awesome. And on the other side of it, we had a group chat. And then on the other side of it there, I've met friends and people that I talk about Peyton with every day. And so you, you've been doing these with Brady. You did another round with Peyton. Um, to be honest with you, man, they're like, they're like some of the most fun I can have. Right. So you're getting the opportunity to see cards that you don't normally see every day you're getting a chance to talk about your cards because who doesn't like to talk about their cards. And then there's an art, there's an artifact on the other side, right? You've got you, you, it's on your page, you record it. So you can always go back to look at it. So I I think it's like we, I've been preaching more collector content and I, there's no better collector content than I think than the showcases. So you're the guy who's hosting them. You've been doing it. Maybe just like talk about them. Like, why are you doing them? Um, And uh, just anything you want to share about them. Yeah, so I mean, it started in the um, the Brady group chat um, probably two years ago now. We were just kind of talking and you know about our cards and stuff like that. People were putting pictures in the chat about certain cards, and I'm like, why don't we just like do something to show this stuff off, right? It's cool, fun to talk about, right? So I said, listen, I said I'll go live and I'll have some of you guys on, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. And I mean, I just you want to talk about you know being overwhelmed with the positive feedback when we first did it. I was kind of like, all right, we're kind of might be onto something here. In terms of hobby content, in terms of you know stuff that's that's great for people to see and watch, and focusing on the collector, you know. So 
I'm fortunate in the sense that I've built up a decent following on Instagram. So I, I can give I, 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 the couchman sports cars, my buddy, Chad, you know, he always thanks me coming on for, for he says his, his line is using your platform to help the hobby. And that's what I've always wanted to be able to do. Right. I mean, I, I'm not a social media guy, believe it or not. It's kind of, I've become one now. Right. But I, I was like forced to get Instagram before my first national I set up. I never thought it would kind of spiral into what it is now, you know? So um, being able to give people who don't have that spotlight necessarily the chance to come on, showcase their cards. And the other cool thing is like you, you, we, we talk about the Peyton chat, right? People always want to go buy something now after these shows, right? It kind, so of, kind, of, kind of lights a fire under your ass. Oh shit. I didn't know a, a top Chrome had a crystal atomic refractor. How many crystal atomic sales has there been because of the Peyton Manning? Live Dude, show? I think there are, there are fucking people that, watch the show and say, I don't care about Peyton and I'm sitting on Peyton's now is the time there's people who are smarting up on this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's cool, you know, to, to be able to kind of, you know, inspire people to go get some stuff that they want, you know, to, to maybe find some cards that they didn't even know existed that they can now find them. Even if it's not Peyton or Brady of their PC player. Right. Um, so it's cool, you know, and just the feedback has been great. Um, the amount of DMS I get after we do these shows with people saying, this was awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, would you consider doing this player? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, I, I might want to do something like this. Do you mind if I kind of take your idea? First off, like, I don't have top 10 live showcases patented. Like, anybody can fucking do them. I don't care. <laughs> right. So you don't have to ask me permission. It, it, it's not like it's the captain's thing. Right. <laughs> you so should you make it your you thing. Charge them. Right. But I mean, like, I'm going to do more. I, I do plan on continuing with this. That's something I didn't do before. I just stuck to Peyton and Brady because I, I have Peyton and Brady. But I plan on doing a Mahomes one, um, but that, that kind of fell through. So Mahomes will probably be the first guy I go to post-national when I start picking these back up. But I would definitely like to do Hall of Fame quarterbacks or, you know, Hall of Fame defensive players, um, get into different sports. Like I do plan on continuing to do these. So for people who have been asking me, yes, I am. It's just literally this week off, and then it's complete national focus. Once the national is done, I can kind of decompress from that. We'll kind of see where this will go from here. But I, I would like to do one maybe once a month, something like that. I mean, once again, now more time in my hands, right? I mean, I'm moving into this full time. So it is me making money in cards is what I need to do to feed my family and, and pay my mortgage, right? But at the same time, I still want to have fun. I still want to do collective driven stuff. I love the hobby, you know, regardless of whether I'm doing it full time or part time. But they've been great, man. I, I, it's been awesome. And I mean, think about it, right? I mean, you and I are literally great hobby friends because of th that first one we did. You know, mm -hmm. the group chat, it's just you can, you can meet new people. You can see some faces, I, which I also love. It, it's going to sound weird and maybe stalker creepy, but like, I like seeing people's faces. So I love card shows, right? Like there's no, you can only get to know somebody so much through DMS, right? It's nice actually hearing somebody's voice, seeing their face, talk about cards. Like that's why I love setting up at card shows and traveling to card shows. I know that isn't for everybody, but you know, it's, it's just something I enjoy. I'm a very social person and, you know, to get on and, and see people's faces and then see their, their passion and, and let them talk about their cards and tell their stories. Um, it's just, it's awesome. And I'm glad I have the platform to be able to do that. So the wild thing about it, and I don't even know if you realize this, but the, because you are in the center of the Peyton and the Brady communities, because you are doing the showcases, I have become friends with Brady collectors, which not only makes me a smarter Peyton collector, but now because I see that they have the same passion for Tom that I do for Peyton I watch Peyton or Brady on the field in a whole new way now. And it's, and to be honest with you, if they, there weren't for these types of like interactions where people are sharing their passion and how they feel like, I'm not sure that I would feel that way. So I, 
I say that because I think they're super important and I hope that more people do them because I, we're all on our phones and I'm tired of the same bullshit on yep. my feet all the time. And I want to hear people talking about their cards. No doubt. Definitely. I, I honestly didn't, didn't even think of that. Didn't realize that that's cool uh, for you to say that, how it kind of inspired you to, you know, have a little more respect for Brady, if you will, you know, so that's cool. That's awesome. So, you know, they, they've, they've been a success. I'm, I'm very happy. I enjoy doing them. You know, it, it's, two hours of my time, you know, this, this prep that goes into it and, and things like that in terms of getting it ready and making sure it runs smoothly, but um, it's well worth it. And then they've been awesome. The more we talk about actual cards on the show, the, the more excited people get. And so we, we saw some banger Peyton's across the board for, to let everyone know you broke it down and the, the groups were sh- uh, shiny inserts were the, the first one. Yep. And then the second one was, uh, rookies, autos, and uh, pat- patches. So yep. we we went through these two iterations. I saw more amazing Peyton cards than ever before. You're you you're the host. You do your top ten, but I always feel like you don't give it enough. It's like okay, I'm going to do mine real quick so I can then turn the tables for everyone else. So you obviously have an extensive, unbelievable Peyton Manning collection. So I asked I asked you before the show, um, hey, can you like kind of put those two lives together in one and like. Talk about some of the Peyton cards that you you own and why you love them. So the floor is yours to do that, Kevin. Well, first of all, your phrasing was, I need your ultimate Peyton top 10, which I loved your phrasing. It's like, I need you to okay. do, do one list with everything, which is just brutal. Um, so basically, all I did was just take my top five from each show and kind of rank it, you know, accordingly. So I know this is a podcast, so people won't see the cards, but I have the cards with me anyway. But number 10 on my list is one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, this actually started my relationship with Chad Couchman Sports Card. So here is 2006 finest gold refractor PSA 10. And I'll tell you, man, like I talked about how the shiny market, first of all, you know, a little shout out to this, these slab mags. These things are awesome. I love these things, right? You know, they're 20, 25 bucks a pop and they just, they just add some flair to your better card. So I, I really, really like these. I, I put, put in a massive order recently and you know, a lot of my better cards are sitting in these now. They're pretty cool. But anyway, well, I talked about the shiny market and how it's kind of down a little bit. Not 06 finest, right? Not 05 finest, right? There's just certain areas. No. Not 2011 Crystal Atomics, right? You know, <laughs> not 2011 Topps Chrome and Brady in his throwback uniform, right? It's just, you know, there's certain areas where that are, that are never going to drop because the, the, the amount of people that are collecting them is just through the roof. So shout out to Chad. This was the first deal we ever did, actually. I picked up this and a, I think it was a 2008 finest PSA 10 gold off of him back in the day and that once again started our relationship and we're good friends now in the hobby as well. So that'd be my number 10. Kevin, I'm going to put a PSA out there for anyone listening because that card is like damn near at the top of my list. And my brother snatched it out from underneath me the last time. So if you have that card, hit me up. I never do this, but hit me up. I want that card. And I'll keep an eye out for you, man, at the national as well. So, all right. So next up, number nine would be my pair of the, finest mosaic refractors. I was very fortunate to uh, be able to pick up. I had one of the gems and the other one was a BGS nine, but a buddy of mine, Bobby was a big Brady guy, uh, picked up a collection and he actually gemmed. I literally had mine graded the week before I got a nine. Then that bastard got a nine, five on his. Uh, so he, he's like, he didn't want to move it initially. He said, Kev, he's like, I promise you that if the time comes, you're the first person I talked to. And man of his word, he hit me up and said, listen, I, I, I'm going to move it. Let's talk. And we got a deal done in five minutes, which was awesome. So um, I love these cards. The old, I, I love the new mosaic stuff because I love the design of the cards. They're awesome. 
but these are the OGs. These are the these are the originals, um, and absolutely love these cards. So check it in. Number nine would be my pair of 2010 and 2011. Highlight the okay. scarcity on those. Yeah, the number to ten, and they're the only two years finest did them. I don't know why finest stopped doing it. I think the next year they did the, the Pulsar was number to ten, which I, I actually like Pulsars. They're cool, but like nothing beats this card. The, the mosaic. It's like you can even tell how badass this is through my shitty computer camera. Right. Never mind seeing this thing in person. Like it, it's unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> so the only two years finest did them number to 10. So literally there's only 20. And in terms of tradable, I know, I know where like three or four of each year are. So in terms of tradable pop, there's like 10 total between both years. So that you just don't see them pop up. Um, and you're not going to see this one pop up ever, but this is the, um, my 2010 finest superfractor um pgs 95 and this is actually a true gem plus so this one i had raw forever it was in a mag i actually never used to grade cards back in the day which man looking back that cost me a lot of money in terms of selling cards but you know you live and you learn but got this graded came back i didn't really care i mean i i knew it, it had a shot at a gem i thought at worst it was a nine but like it's a one-on-one superfractor right so if it came back in eight five i didn't really give a shit right so it's, it's a one-on-one so um you know, that would check in at number, what's that? 10, nine, number eight. On my Incredible list. card, man. And then number seven, you'll be familiar with. Mm. This is the only PSA 10 of the 2002 Tops Finest X-Fractor. Um, these are numbered to 20. So our group chat has, I think, four or five of these, I feel like. Um, various grades. I know uh, there's a ranging from PSA 10 to PSA 6, I think. Uh, but this card is just absolutely stunning in person. And it, it's, you know, in my eyes, the greatest X-Fractor ever made. It's not, it's not your average X-Fractor, right? Like you go buy a 2014 Topps Chrome X-Fractor. It doesn't have the same look as this does. This thing is just, it, it's absolutely stunning in hand. And if I told you what I won this for at auction, you'd probably. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But, uh, I, will, I, I don't talk numbers a lot, but I will talk numbers for this one. Um, I, I won this for, I think it was $201 at auction. You're kidding me. Yeah. So actually at the time. I thought I overpaid by like double, right? But it was just like, this is years back. We're talking like, you know, six, seven, eight years back. But it's just, I saw the card. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I need this card. I think I put a max bid of like 300 or something in, which at the time was a shit ton of money for me. You know, I'd like to think it's worth a little more than, than, than what I paid for it. Um, yeah, PSA dead too. Yeah, I just, I love this freaking card, man. And selfishly, I hope it always stays a pop one. So next up, we get into the other category, which is the rookies. And this is my 1998 uh, Peyton Manning Precious Metal Gems. Um, this is a BGS nine. It has all nine subs and then one nine five sub for surface. And this is numbered to 50. And these things are just absolutely stunning in person as well. I think I've said the word stunning 37 times in the first six months I've shown, but it, these, these scopes are just unbelievable. You know, in terms of the scope design, that's where Panini uh, got their prism design from. So it's got that scope look on the, the precious metal gems. I mean, you know, obviously if he was in a cult uniform, it'd be cool, but it doesn't matter to me. This card's just this is one I was hunting for for a long time. And I gave up a big Brady piece that I still wish I had. But, you know, at least looking back on that deal, the, the card that I basically sold for, you know, 20 times less than what it's worth. Now, at least I got this in return. So and this is something that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So just love this card. All right. So next up, we want to talk about a card that, you know, helped make a good copy friend. This is a National Treasures uh, 101 game used Nike swoosh. And uh, one of my best hobby friends, my buddy Dave, um, the Mash DT Sports Cards, a little plug for him. He's the guy I do all my PSA subs through. And um, I remember, you know, we were friends back in the day, but not like what we are now. And um, he's, he's a big fantasy football guy, too. So literally, we talk every day during football season, you know, about 
fantasy cards, transactions. It's awesome. So um, he actually had the Broncos on an NT break. He called me, he said, Kev, I just hit a monster. You know, and I know that it belongs with you. So let's work something out. So you want to talk about networking and, you know, having good relationships in the hobby, right? Like, I actually don't even remember what I paid for this because I just, I agree to the number he said. But I mean, he probably, if he auctioned this thing, probably got three times more. But like, you know, his concern was going to get in my hands because, you know, I'm his boy and he knows that I would appreciate the card. I still have it. and It's not going anywhere. So shout out to Dave. All right. Next up, we have. What are we on right now? What number? We got 10, <laughs> 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. So this is number four. So this is a on card. We had, we had our NFL Shield talk earlier a little bit, right? So we'll talk some more now. Um, out of National Treasures, this is the Colossal Set on card autograph NFL Shield PGS 9510. Um, so this one doesn't need much talk. Mm-hmm. This one speaks for itself, you know, on card autograph with the Shield, you know. Once again, I prefer a cult uniform. I'd also prefer the older shield. I don't like these newer plastic shields. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna get rid of the card because of that, right? But it's it's just you know, they, in terms of my other, sh- I like my other shields better. This one just happens to have the on card auto with it, so uh, that checks in number four. So number three, back to 06 finest. This oh. is the 2006 finest gold X Fractor PSA eight. This was a pop one, none higher until someone recently graded one and came back to PSA nine. I thought I don't I don't bitch about my grades often because I, I tend to do pretty well. I don't need to I'm not one to complain, but this is a card I'm gonna complain about. This should be a PSA nine. I thought for sure, hands down, this thing would be a PSA nine, but whatever. Once again, it's number to ten. There's only ten of them. Um actually there's only nine of them because this one's getting buried with me. So um yeah, so this thing is just once again awesome card, my favorite year of finest. You just don't see these gold X fractors often. This is number to ten. So Kevin, just on that card, like I'd seen you seen it you've shown it before and i just salivate over it's it got it literally hits on every possible attribute that i like and so i you know obviously at the 10 copies near impossible to land a paint and most of them are stashed away this is what i like to t- tell people that like if there's someone else that you like to collect to alongside your goat like like go for it a little bit and you start posting it and i've been doing this with philip rivers someone slid in my dms and they're like hey would you be interested in this? And it was the the rivers copy of that. And dude, I didn't even need to really hear the price. I was going to say yes, just because like I, I wanted that card because it's yeah. so gorgeous. Of course I'd prefer Peyton, but I just think that's something like we all get in so focused on collecting someone. And sometimes it's near impossible, especially when you're collecting legends to get the exact card. And for me, I've had a lot of fun in the hobby by collecting someone a little more inferior i guess if you say but you have that opportunity to get badass cards of that player from a oh it's they cost less but it's just nice to have that type of card of in your collection Definitely. no doubt and that thing is just it's awesome so that year and then the 05 um finest has the gold extractor as well um so once again two best years of finest in my eyes with two of the coolest cards ever for finest so so check it in number two um no surprise here this is what my number two last paid manning live this is his 1998 Flair Brilliance, 24 karat gold, number to 24, and this is a BGS 9. Uh, it has three 9.5 subs and an 8.5 surface, and uh, there's only one gem of this card out there. So um, got to give a shout out to our boy Drake's PC, my buddy Drake. He posted it today. I was glad he posted it before I came on because I wasn't going to mention it and blow up his spot unless he posted it, but I saw him post it today, so I'm like, all right, I can give him a shout out and talk about it. But he just acquired one of these. I know he's been looking for one for a long time. Um, and I know a raw one popped up that he was thinking about going after, but he decided not to. And so the fact that he was able to find a graded one literally the next week 
is just so awesome for him. So um, these cards are literally some of the best cards ever made. I know they're very popular in the basketball market <clears throat> and um, it's just, a, it's just a, the shine on this thing is just unbelievable. And what I found out recently, somebody mentioned this in our live is the, in the upper right-hand corner of the car where it says mm. 24 carat, that's actual gold. I did not know that. And that was mentioned once again, another cool, you, you learn something every day, right? Uh, you know, but for me, who I, I like to think I have a ton of paid manning knowledge, we collect them since I was super young. I never knew that about this card. So kind of add some, you know, luster even more so to this thing now knowing that. So just, you know, absolutely stunning card, only 24 of them. And they just, they don't change hands often. So I know um, as many DMs as I've gotten about my Brady Flawless patch autos, in terms of people always say, is, is it available? Is it available? Like maybe just as many about this card, which is saying something, you know? So um, I know there's a couple of guys in our group chat who, um, if this ever became available, they'd probably be at my house within an hour. It's insane based on the show, the live, and then the two sales that went down that I've seen that card so much in such a short amount of time. It's just, it's fun. Like it's fun to see people get it and post it and talk about how much they love it. Yep. All right. So number one, so I'm going to put a little preview before I show my number one. Um, so, you know, my affinity for NFL shields isn't a secret. Um, I think there's huge value and potential in these long-term um, so these were actually in my top 10, but they're not number one, but you're going to see what number one is in a minute. So this is the, there's basically a small shield and a big shield when you talk about shields. So this is the smaller shield. These are both one-on-one -one game use. Um, one's out of certified, one's out of limited, two of my favorite products back in the day. Used to bust a ton of this stuff. Never pulled anything like this, obviously, but I um, actually picked these up off the same seller in a pair three or four years back. And you, know, you look at NFL shields, the popularity, and I talked about this in the live, of NBA logo man cards is insane, right? And you just look at, to put it in perspective, right? There's 82 games in an NBA season. There's 16 games in an NFL season. Now it's bumped up one game now, right? But you think about it. So there's five times more NBA about, you know, give or take logo man out there than there is NFL shields. And we also know that like, you know, Panini or whoever else is going to have access to 82 game used logo man of Luca or, you know, six, all 16 games of Tom Brady, right? Or Peyton Manning, right? So we don't know exactly, but just, you know, you compare 82 games to 16, right? These are so much more rare. And you look at what the NBA logo men sell for and the popularity around them. And it's always been there. It's not like NBA logo men is like a new thing, right? The, those, those cards have been super sought after for years upon years. So I think these are actually, you're starting to see more shields pop up on Instagram. It's like a little like, like trend right now. <laughs> you know, random players and stuff like that. Like, I have FOMO, Kevin. Right? Like I saw somebody post, who was, who the hell was it? I saw like a, um, I think it was a Jamal Charles full equipment shield the other day. Somebody posted, there was one more um, random player, just people had them in their collection, but now it's like, all right, they're starting to get talked about a little bit. And, you know, obviously for me to move my 2014 flawless to Lauren, I was going to get a shield back. Otherwise I wasn't going to move it. So, so that's, these are two smaller shields. And then this is leads to my number one which is my favorite card in my entire collection. This is the top triple thread full equipment logo NFL shield with two, two color patches on the side, which I like as well. I just like the design of the card. You know, it's got, you kind of like, wow, shit, it's got a huge shield and two patch windows, but the picture is actually still solid. They put in the card. So him, you know, follow through and a throw. So I like the design yeah. of the card and obviously, you know, game use full equipment logo shield speaks for itself. So, or actually I, I spoke plenty for it. So. That is my ultimate Peyton top 10. Jeez. How long have you had that? Your, your number one, the sheet, the triple third. Peyton, shield? Um, so this is what, 20, 2010. So I think I got it probably like 2012. Wow. 
So, and then once again, this is, goes back to the story I talked about earlier in the podcast with, you know, the Brady of this ended same night. Just, you know, I didn't have the extra the $500 that the Brady went for. It's like sick to my stomach even mentioning that, but, you know, didn't have the money at the time. So I went with my boy. He's my favorite player. I, I didn't even like Brady at that point. I, I just wanted the pair. Thought it'd be cool for the rivalry. Um, but yeah, I've had that for a long time. So we're talking around 10 years. And yeah, that's not going anywhere. So that that's my number one. So many amazing cards. Uh, appreciate that. Showcases, go do them. We want to see them. The National, we covered so much ground. Uh, maybe Kevin, plug uh, plug your table one more time for people and maybe talk a little bit about in closing, just like if people are following you, like what to expect from your page over the next like, you know, three weeks. Yep. So um, we're at Boots 460 and 361. So actually... We switched booths with somebody, so it's not going to say us. It's not going to say MC Sports Cards because it's Mike's booth on the national website, but we're taking 460 and 361. There's been some shuffling in our little group, like with um, IndyCard Exchange, RBI Crew, um, Sports Card Junction, the, the group we always set up with um, in, at the national. So booth uh, 460 and 361, it'll be me, it'll be MC Sports Cards, Mike, it'll be Costa Cards, Chris, and some of his crew, uh, our buddy Matt, Matt Sports Cards, who has some incredible cards. Um, for a, a kid in college is he just blows me away with, I, you know, I look at, I had like Peyton Manning Jersey cards when I was in college and he's, he's got, you know, $50,000 Michael Jordan card, just amazing what he does at his age. It's, it's, it's so impressive. Um, and then um, Trent and Moody, uh, shiny prospects and Grand state sports cards who uh, work with Mike, they're part of the MC sports cards team. They'll be there as well. So we're super excited and um, not sure in terms of time frame when I'm doing stuff, but plenty coming from me on Instagram um, in, in, in terms of, the national stuff. So I'm going to do the national um, live where I talk about do's and don'ts for dealers and do's and don'ts for walkers. Um, probably have a little Q and A at the end of that. Like I did last year as well. That was a, that was a big hit in terms of people, especially first timers. It, it's man, it's so overwhelming when you walk into the show, I, I got a buddy who's going, who has never been to a card show. And I'm like, dude, the national can't be your first show. It can't be. I said, you, you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to be so overwhelmed. So I had him come to our local um, uh, show at dead of mass um, a couple of weeks ago on Father's Day, just got to get his feet wet a little bit, right? Because, you know, I'm like, I, I said, Jay said, you look at this show, it's like a hundred times than what you're seeing right now, the national. So um, I'll do that show. I'm going to do a few different lives, showcasing my whole inventory. So everything will be priced, ready to roll. And I'll go on live so you can see everything I'm bringing. That way, if you see something you want ahead of time, we can try to work something out there. And obviously, probably starting next week, all of my daily card posts will be devoted to cards I'm bringing with me to the show. So um, I'm super excited. A lot more to come. Um, for me in terms of the national and, and, you know, hyping up this show and man, the, the hype around the show, like I said, there aren't many card conversations I've had over the past two months with people that didn't end with national talk. So I'm just, I'm super excited for the show. I can't wait. Everyone go stop by his booth, Kevin. Thank you so much. We'll have to get you back on before we kick off, which can't get here soon enough. No doubt, man. Thanks again. I always like to learn from people who have been there longer than me. And Kevin is someone who has logged a lot of hours in the hobby. And I've gained so much insight and information from him through the chats, through DMs, definitely through this podcast. Hopefully you're following Kevin. If you're not, go do it right now. He is a good brother in the hobby. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Stacking Slabs podcast next week. 